0: Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield, touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Get
2: He did. Hello everyone, welcome back to of Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by my bookie. My name's Colum Kelly, you can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. We're up to episode 62 of Rotoviz Overtime, Sean. It's been a fun journey through the season, but it is, it's almost D-Day. We're almost at that decisive moment where you either take home a championship and, and win that top spot, or you don't. So in today's show we'll be looking ahead a little bit about players uh, who have helped get us there over the last week or so. Some players we might be relying on to get us over that final hump and what we think heading into championship week and fantasy football circles. I know some people will have their playoffs or their finals uh, in week 17. I really hope that uh, <laughs> you're in as little of those situations as possible uh, and we can get it all wrapped up here in week 16 and take home some championships. Sean, how was your week 15? How are things looking here as we get into championship weekend?
1: Well, it was exciting. Obviously, a lot of semifinals and, and some finals in formats where there are multiple conferences. And so the Super Bowl uh, is either already started or will be next week. And one of those was in the hyperactive league and took a just over 31 point lead into Monday night, but facing Michael Thomas. And that was crazy, All right? Twenty-four points in the first half. He gets to the thirty. Uh, basically, by the end of the third quarter, they're trying to get Drew Brees that uh, percentage passing percentage record, and Michael Thomas catches the final pass uh, for a several-yard loss. And so, in the final with the Super Bowl next week. I was able to come through 197 to 196.55. So barring some stat corrections, that one worked out. The entire fourth (laughs) quarter sitting there, uh, fingers crossed, saying just just run the ball, just just kneel down. And so, you know, obviously you feel a little bit bad for your opponent in that situation because he had uh, the game he needed from Michael Thomas. Unfortunately, the Colts just weren't able to keep up they uh, definitely are going the opposite direction from the Saints
2: yeah it's uh, the Colts you know obviously they have actually like probably done as well or better than we might have thought after the Andrew Luck news kind of broke that he was retiring uh, but they did start the season pretty well and it looked like they could you know try and sustain a, a charge towards that uh, and or AFC South division title and obviously they've fallen away very very badly in that race and Um, In terms of your opponent, Sean, if he hadn't have caught that pass, I'm assuming it's a PPR league. Is that a case where you were behind and then because of the the lost yardage uh, took the lead or was it just that um, he was still trying?
1: no but if that passes across the line of scrimmage right exactly if that passes a lo- across the line of scrimmage it gives him uh the extra points that he needs so having that be uh basically a pure <laughs> possession pass there uh was was hugely important a- always exciting to see a fantasy championship number one be extremely high scoring i had uh christian mccaffrey uh, chris carson a number of other guys score huge points put up 197 and still on, on the verge of a loss there so you'd like to see the title games go into shootouts uh and you like them to be barbers you like them to to come down to the very end there and so and then finally obviously you, you like to come out on top it was i had already sort of accepted that the loss was going to happen i mean 32 points for Michael Thomas is certainly not outside the range of what he can do, especially against a defense like what the Colts are currently offering. So I went into the game feeling fairly confident. That confidence quickly evaporated, uh, but it it all turned out all right in the end. Did you have any fantasy semifinals or finals where uh, you were really sweating the game last night?
2: No, where most of them most of them had wrapped up thankfully by but they were either one way or the other in terms of it was all over in a good way or a bad way by Sunday and, and unlike your games they were both mines were kinda of games where I either got absolutely destroyed with uh, you know People not turning up and not performing uh, or in the opposite way where my players turned up and had big big games so players you know like a, a dj moore obviously helped a lot but then there was a couple of guys and that just um had a had a lot of letdown down spots so overall it was a, a mixed bag those teams that let me down were kind of teams who probably shouldn't have been in the, the playoffs kind of maybe scraped away away through with kind of waiver wires and things like that to pick things up but we're going to do uh, in just a moment we're going to look at some of those guys that maybe were waiver wire pickups maybe even as late as last week who helped people make it into those championship uh, finals and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit later in the show about players that we need uh, in the overtime section to really push us over the edge to, to take home those championships so uh, looking forward to the show so before we get into it as always I want to let the listeners know that you can get a a 10% discount to Rotovis NFL Pass right now available through the NFL podcast homepage which is rotovis.com forward slash podcast. As we mentioned on each and every show the articles that we talk about the the tools we talk about all available through that NFL uh, pass now on com, and it's, it's just the, the tools and i know we touch on it we probably don't actually give it enough credit for how good the tools are you know around the industry you'll see on twitter and uh, different social media sites people sharing uh, the screenshots off the tools and th- they're working for other sites and they're sharing all the rotoviz inside information in terms of what you get on that subscription so do make sure that you sign up over the christmas period here you know people will be buying presents for each other buying presents for their family don't forget to take care of yourself and get yourself signed up for a subscription which will bring you through all the way to the end of next season once again get 10% off that that is our gift to you as a loyal listener rotaviz.com forward slash podcast
1: it's an especially good time around christmas to look at that for either yourself or a family member who might be interested especially at this time of year in dynasty or the nfl draft we always do a ton of draft content and our focus has traditionally been so much on making sure you understand what elements Actually, translate to the NFL. I'll talk a little bit here about Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler and how those guys are on a lot of RotoViz Dynasty rosters, specifically because we were promoting the types of skills and the types of traits that they have over some other types of running backs that tend to be more popular in the general community. But also, we're about to unleash our prospect series. And so uh, listeners to the pods know a lot of these guys who will be working on this. Obviously, Travis May does a lot of really cool stuff with the Dynasty Command Center. Our guys on the CFB pod, Matt and Stefan, are going to be very involved in this. Obviously, Curtis Patrick. And then with Blair Andrews, who you know from the Fantasy Football Report, his work with the wrong read is possibly the best statistical analysis of rookies, prospects, those types of players in the industry. And so you'll get all of that in this late December, January, February, March time frame. Very exciting time, I think, for football fans. Certainly the NFL draft, uh, probably the best non on the field contest that we have in, in all of sports and certainly a time to refresh and, and get really excited again about these new players both for your reality teams and for your fantasy team so uh, this is a great time to, to get on board and certainly to get these great discounts for the product
2: yeah and of course like th- this time of year is a, a brilliant time because it's what all the hard work has been put in throughout the season to try and win that championship but my favorite time is probably that kind of march time true, you know late August where you're starting the process of you know seeing where these players are going to end up doing your kind of process of what happens in free agency and then you're trying to get into the draft season to make all that stuff you've studied over that time you know to set your teams up so this is a perfect time to get a a kickstart on that season ahead of your opponents and uh, to gain that edge so once again that's 10% off that is roadviz.com forward slash podcast So, Sean, um, in the early part, always, uh, the first kind of the first piece that goes up each week on the, the site on a Monday is, is your part looking back at the previous week based on points over expectation. And, you know, there, there's a lot of players uh, again here that, you know, I've had on a couple of times over the last couple of weeks uh, and they've continued to hit. And hit again uh, in terms of you know young players players maybe who weren't expected to do it who are continuously uh, having good performances now over the last couple of weeks somebody who I mentioned you know and some of my lineups for players didn't get me over that edge a player who didn't have a terrible game but didn't have the game that I was quite hoping uh, was Houston Texans wide receiver uh, Will Fuller and you know I, I've mentioned it on this show and I've mentioned it in other places as well that the way that that t- uh, Texans offense runs with Fuller in there with Deshaun Watson versus the splits with him not in there it is quite dramatic in terms of how Deshaun Watson performs and I thought having him back this week having that element of speed was going to really open things up for both him and DeAndre Hopkins and Hopkins obviously the big game Deshaun Watson had a good game but the real person who had the the big day here that people would have been seeing was uh, Kenny Stills with his two touchdowns on his uh, three targets three receptions and 35 yards so uh, I was hoping that that was going to slide the way of Fuller this week but when we look through it Kenny Stills having the day but a player back off concussion uh, protocol this week uh, and had a big day signed a a contract and going into this season we would not have thought that Devante Parker would have been signing a contract extension with the Dolphins come the end of the season but uh, he had seven targets four receptions 72 yards and two touchdowns he continues to have big big games uh you know throughout the season and it's hard to know if it's going to last with well, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably not be there next season but he's continued to to show up and Tyreek Hill who has had his injuries this season it hasn't been all that consistent for him a big big game in the snow for him and it was also good to see Tyler Lockett back in there and um, for the Seahawks 120 yards uh, on eight receptions one touchdown for him so he had a couple of weeks where he's been kind of struggling with illness so good to see that uh, the big one Sean though I guess we'll say that really dropped the, the hammer this week. Uh, if people did happen to you know dive in after Mike Evans possibly went down with that injury last week, and then of course Chris Godwin going down with the injury this week, both hamstring injuries. Brashad Perryman having a, a big, big day, five receptions, 113 yards, and three touchdowns. And Jameis Winston while he is going to turn the ball over and I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan in terms of fantasy football the guy just continues to put up monster monster numbers um and, and, and Perryman a big big result of that this week uh, did you have Rashad Perryman in any lineups is he somebody that, that you faced maybe or went up against this week it's just uh you know when you get a, a line like that coming from somebody who maybe three or four weeks ago wasn't been even an option in, in lineups it's a it's a big big day in your fantasy playoffs
1: well, it's always one of those situations, right, where you're you're watching those names pop up on the bottom line and thinking to yourself, well, if I just were the person who was lucky enough to have that guy in when he actually had the big game and have it be something that really determined the outcome for me. Rashad Perryman is a guy that I have always liked and certainly he washed out there in Baltimore having that very very poor second season looked a little bit with the Browns last year and has in his own way come into his own with this Tampa Bay team I was saying in the article that you're never going to get a more on-brand season right than what we've gotten from Bruce Arians and James Winston in 2019 and so in the RDL 2 semifinal, so our of dynasty league uh that has been set up by John Solis of the Solis report, which obviously I know everyone is listening to the most fun football podcast uh, available anywhere. He got us set up. We have this super flex format. It's been a blast this year. So I go into the semifinals and I'm facing Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. And when you have your fantasy season on the line, right, you never want to face two guys who simply do not care if they're going to throw an interception. So if you had told me before the weekend that they were going to throw for 737 yards and six touchdowns, the only thing that would have surprised me at all is that they <laughs> only threw one pick, right? Uh, you mentioned Devontae Parker. He was playing against me. So my opponent had that Fitzmagic magic Parker, uh, double dip there. Fortunately for me, Calvin Ridley went down last week and, and Ridley has been, our guy has really started to emerge again toward the second half of this season. Uh, looks like he's going to be a fixture at the top of dynasty rankings for a long long time but losing him created a real hole in my lineup that it's somewhat a desperation i filled with brashad perryman and so perryman was the guy that got me across <laughs> there three touchdowns really neutralizes that massive performance from Jameis winston so you know it's better to be lucky than good i always hope that you can kind of put yourself in that position right that the thing that you're trying to do with these dynasty rosters is to constantly be in the semifinals, right to get as many buys as you can get to not have to play that first round game and then once you're in the fantasy semis you know whatever happens happens and sometimes you have these situations here where brashad perryman or someone of his ilk will will get the job done for you Perryman has been on a little bit of an upward swing right? He set a new career high in fantasy points the previous week and then obviously more than doubled that with his three touchdowns here. <laughs> he also looks like he could be a very good option in fantasy championship week with Chris Godwin perhaps having a little bit of a well, not perhaps having a hamstring injury that could linger more than, you know, just a couple of days here. So the the Bucks could be desperate for receiving options, and if we know anything about Jameis Winston, he's going to chuck the ball up.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's just that you know I've always been harsh on Jameis Winston based on you know his actual. Interception to like overall in this game. It's just something the turnovers are just too much. But uh, in terms of what he does when he's like, he, he's definitely somebody who is not afraid to take chances and push the ball down the field. Uh, and we've been able to see, uh, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin of big games now. we have seen Rashid Perryman have a big game now. Uh, obviously, you mentioned this week's game. And, you know, if you're somebody who has any of those Texans wide receivers and you're in a fantasy championship this weekend, they are getting instantly added in there. Uh, if you had any doubts about it as they do face off against this, uh, Buccaneers secondary, where we should see a lot of fantasy goodness going that way, and of course that means that we're going to have to see uh, this Buccaneers team try and uh, you know force it to, to try and get uh, to stay in the game if they have any shot to do so. So it's going to be interesting to see. I would expect at this moment in time, I would say Godwin probably with that hamstring injury is likely to miss out, and then uh, that would mean that obviously we have a, a kind of a wide receiver one role here for brishad Perryman based on volume. So we'll see what happens there. The player I didn't mention when I was running through the names at the start, Sean is somebody I've had on a couple of times. I we touched on last week when we talked about the wide receivers in this rookie class who we would like to own and i was in the you know the quarterback situation was the concern, but Terry McLaurin this week again showing that he can really have uh, those you know successes uh, in terms of fantasy days. And um, I, I was actually a little bit surprised by his breakaway speed on the the long touchdown that he scored. Um, showed, showed a nice turn of pace there, but a, a very a very big day for him against this Eagles team, putting up twenty four uh, fantasy points. And you know this season he's uh, he's had a couple of down weeks, but he's had a, a lot of weeks in over the double digits, and that's the second game this season over the 24 points and uh, he had the first week of the season also finishing with 23 and a half so uh, you know he's ha- had those big days which is very impressive for a, a rookie wide receiver at uh, McLaurin obviously the player we were looking at who was the other option as the, the top wide receiver in this class was AJ Brown who who did it again uh, but McLaurin has he still kind of the same Are you taking AJ Brown over McLaurin or do you, do you have you changed a little bit of your mind there I've just 1a and 1b for me based on their performances this year and in, in fantasy
1: yeah these two guys are both in my top 30 dynasty players overall just not just at wide receiver i uh, mentioned that patrick Corrine, a former voice of the flagship robo biz radio uh, recently wrote an article on what Thorne that i think really is one of the best fantasy articles i've ever read and we were talking about the uh, podcast discount on the subscription this article would be worth the subscription all on its own, both in terms of how it helps you understand McLaurin, but also puts a lot of what we want to do with wide receiver evaluation in context, right? So Pat had said, uh, you know, McLaurin gets off to this amazing start where he has those four big games in the first five weeks, but then he's going to go into a, a stretch where they've got a difficult schedule. And then we also have difficulties in terms of the offensive environment finally coming out of that. Now with Haskins looking a little bit better, And some of the peripherals really do jump out for the rookie here. You mentioned you were surprised by his speed. That's one thing that he definitely has going for him and it's really been more as he was coming out of that situation in Ohio State where the question was more about his receiving ability and we have to look a little bit more now i think at what ohio state may be doing to some of these receivers Uh, certainly the team itself very dominant but perhaps not the best offense a little bit like we've seen with some of these guys coming out of lsu where not getting the best opportunity to show off there but with his peripherals you can go in you can look at the pass location chart you can see that his target depth of 14.3 is impressive Within the context of his overall target percentage, which is 23%, that's the best of any of the rookies just clipping uh, the two former Ole Miss monsters, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf there. And so there's a lot of overall volume in what he is doing with his targets. And as we've spoken about several times on the show, once this transitions into a a very different type of team, obviously Washington uh, is going to have to restart in the offseason. Uh, Whether it's with Haskins or with a new quarterback, you would expect the overall opportunities to really grow next season. And then one of the things that I like about this as well is that he's dominating all over the field, but he's definitely dominating the center of the field. And one of the things that Blair has talked about recently is that that middle area is more efficient for turning targets into yards into points and so to see that he has caught 20 of his 31 middle targets for 393 yards uh eclipsing what he's done at the left what he's done at the right then that gives you a great feeling i think for number one that he can challenge defenses everywhere but that he's dominating this crucial middle of the field so when you go in and you look at His overall profile, you look at all of his peripherals, it's even much more impressive than just what you see on the surface in terms of his fantasy numbers.
2: Yeah and I was just looking up obviously I'm just going to skim over AJ Brown a little bit when you look back to the the bye week that they had in week 11 he's played four games and we've really seen a a huge breakout there Sean when we look across the board he's at 20 receptions 447 yards and four touchdowns and one of those games he ended up with three receptions for 45 yards and no score against the the Colts so he's had a a major breakout since that bye and I think that um, you know next year we're going going to be interesting to see where he falls in those uh, you know redraft leagues and, and things like that but uh, definitely as you mentioned these guys are starting to elevate themselves into that kind of wide receiver two tier in terms of uh, dynasty um, rankings um, heading into the off season here uh, any of the other players sean um, i touched on tyreek hell obviously one of his biggest games of the season um tyler lockett was the other one back is there any of the other wide receivers that you mentioned in the article that you want to mention
1: those are those are the guys i think that uh, fantasy owners of both lockett and hill have to be wondering you know what might have been when you look at hill and the games when he was fully healthy right he has four wide receiver one finishes two wide receiver two finishes and then two wide receiver three finishes but in both of those he was still in double figures so when he was healthy he absolutely dominated defenses including a couple games where mahomes was actually not the starter and then you look at tyler lockett and through the first nine weeks of the season he was getting a 26 percent target share obviously that shin injury in week 10 really took him apart you pull out the game splits app and you can see that for those four games the injured game and then the next three 4.8 fantasy points a game the rest of the season 19.7 right so with Tyler Lockett you were getting not just wide receiver one performance but high end wide receiver one performance and then sort of down this crucial stretch leading into the playoffs he wasn't the guy that he'd been all season and so certainly feel bad for owners who had Lockett were knocked out of their fantasy playoffs perhaps in the quarter's or weren't able to finish that playoff push certainly if you were able to hold him and then have the guts to feel like this was going to be the week where he was fully healthy again over a little bit of illness over the shin injury the leg injury uh breaking back out certainly you're excited to have him in your fantasy title game excited to have him on these dynasty rosters but for both of those guys there's that real feeling of so close to being an absolute monster season and too bad the injuries got a little bit in the way
2: So before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at MyBookie. It's that time of year. Obviously, we mentioned earlier in the show Christmas is coming up, and uh, it's obviously closely approaching to the 25th, and our friends over at MyBookie want to make the holiday season special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sportsbooks in the industry in this holiday season. They're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of gift, a brand new gift each single day, so you can take your game to the next level, parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ask for. MyBookie is here to make Christmas great again. Head on over to mybookie.ag with our promo code RotoViz to get half your initial deposit and free wagers. And that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during this promotion because there's going to be something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of those deals. So go to MyBookie and use our code RotoViz to start winning today. That's MyBookie, the code RotoViz. You play, you win you get paid so sean as we move into the second half of the show we're gonna look a little bit about the backfields uh, one of the the one of the players that you haven't slotted in here on the backfield that i just want to get your opinion on we talked earlier in the show about brashad perryman and how he could be a, a fantasy championship winner here for some rosters the other player i guess we have to head on and one of our preseason favorites was david johnson that hasn't worked out all that well i um, met a couple of uh, dfs lineups this week with brashad perryman on it and i also took a chance and put David Johnson in it because he had had a you know an uptick in snaps over the last couple of weeks and I thought maybe uh, we're seeing David Johnson get a little bit healthier here and we'll we'll get things to turn around that wasn't the case uh, this past weekend. we had a a monster monster day for Kenyon Drake somebody who I thought at the time of the trade was just kind of you know past his chance and it wasn't going to work out for him Uh, obviously this week it worked out extremely well for anyone who had him on the fantasy rosters kenyan drake is he somebody that you've seen this possibility coming from
1: drake is a guy who's got that athleticism and has just never been able to really play football now i say that only within the context of the expectations for him both at alabama and then in the nfl are are extremely high right so he's underperformed the level that someone of his athletic ability might have been expected to turn out. We were talking about it last week in the zero running back watch list that he'd had that big game against the 49ers, but then immediately turned right back into the back he'd been for the Dolphins, uh, consistently churning out below expectation performances as both a runner and a receiver. The Cardinals evidently were not dissuaded by that. Uh, it's really hard to understand or know if david johnson like what percentage of healthy is he clearly he's not the guy that he once was is that because uh, of injury or because you know disastrously is he done right because Kenyon drake is just a guy but just a guy in this offense has the potential that i think really intrigued a lot of us with david johnson this year as a potential top 10 pick because the long-term upside for players in this situation is going to be very very high we saw chase edmonds put up a couple of big games when he was the featured back and even though the cardinals don't have a great record this season uh kyler murray hasn't been patrick mahomes or lamar jackson instantly the long-term upside of this offense is is through the roof. And I don't think people would be, I mean, Lamar Jackson has been so good that anyone who does anything Lamar Jackson-like in the future, that's going to be a surprise in the same way that anyone who can play, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a surprise. But if Kyler Murray takes the next step in 2020, I don't think that is going to come as a shock to people. Now, if the next step is up into sort of this intermediate range between the bulk of of quarterbacks who all sort of go in a chunk. And then Lamar Jackson, I think, obviously, is going to go very early. If Murray jumps in between them, not necessarily in terms of ADP, but in terms of of what he's doing on a week-in, week-out basis in 2020, then this offense is going to be very, very exciting. I think that's what we should expect. And I think we have the possibility, and we talked last week in overtime, about the article that Curtis Patrick had written and how people were likely overvaluing Lamar Jackson and dynasty you and I both were of the opinion that we like him a little bit more than Curtis does one of the things that that I've mentioned as a dynasty approach as you're really trying to put together these super teams is to make sure that you do get stars at every position right you know start someone at quarterback like a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes we mentioned Rashad Perryman the reason I was able to combine that performance uh, with the other guys and get through into the finals was because of Lamar Jackson as one of the two QBs that I start in that league to try and get someone like a Travis Kelsey in that 197 196 victory Kelsey is the tight end for that team so trying to stack the stars into every single position Not just having our emphasis be on running back and wide receiver. (laughs) But to return to your original question about Drake, he certainly has the ability to make explosive plays at times. I really hope that he's not the final solution for the Cardinals, although, after what he did this past week, you certainly would think that they're going to be intrigued. But I do think that a back in this offense, you're going to want to roster because. This team is going to put up a lot of fantasy points in 2020, 2021, 2022
2: yeah no I agree with you there and you know looking through his uh, you know career numbers in terms of what he did in that one game uh, he had four touchdowns obviously this past week which is a monster monster uh, day for for any running back and um, that there matched his career high uh, and season long touchdowns prior to that game so he had uh, four in 2018, three in 2017 and two in 2016 so he's just gone and you know had four then uh, in the one day so uh, obviously though as you mentioned this this is going to open up opportunities for running backs and you mentioned David Johnson. Johnson. Johnson I have to imagine that it's 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 either one or the other he's really banged up this season and might get back to full health or else it's at the injuries that he had over the last two kind of seasons have just zapped anything that was in his legs, um, and you know when you look through it, it's it's either one of those two options. I, I hope it's the one that he's banged up at the moment, and he can come back next year, whether it's what the Cardinals are on another roster, and the other one is you know when you look at somebody like Saquon Barkley, who had his best game of the season this week. You know he's somebody who it looks like has been having similar issues with lower leg injuries and really not having the explosiveness that he would have had. um You know looking back to last year's years in college. So hopefully, guys like that, you know we can see them. Uh, recover and get that kind of burst back in their legs but you remember back to somebody like a DeMarco Murray a couple of seasons ago where the Cowboys ran him into the ground and then you know within a a couple of months it was it was all gone there was no there was no burst left in those legs when they got to Philadelphia so it'll be interesting to see and uh, hopefully hopefully there's still hope there Sean uh, that we can see him uh, bounce back in in 2020 but uh, one of the 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 harder losses uh, across my rosters this season was uh, looking at those lineups over the last couple of weeks where you had to have David Johnson sitting on the bench after taking him in that kind of late first round range. But looking through it, somebody else who I know since uh, he came into the NFL and even before that, you're a big fan of, and that was Nick Chubb. And he, he's consistently been able to, you know, produce. I, I know Kareem Hunt has consistently produced over expectation as well. But it's, it's a real solid one-two points, although this team has been pretty much disastrous all season long in terms of overall production but if we could just get a little bit more receiving work for for Nick Chubby would be you know one of the one of the better plays and fantasy but he did a did it again this week with another big performance but what's your thoughts now obviously we'll probably see kareem hunt on this roster with nick chubb heading into 2020 do you think both of these guys can be uh, a reliable one-two punch in fantasy football or do you think it's going to be a case that um they're going to continue to just siphon a little bit from each other or we'll have big days for one or the other from time to time but we can't trust either specifically but you know as a pure runner i think we could say that nick chubb might be the best pure runner at the running back position in the nfl
1: Certainly behind Christian McCaffrey, I think you would put him in that category. The thing that we see here is that ever since Kareem Hunt became eligible again, the Browns have had an astronomical amount of expected value to the running back position. So in this particular game, right, we had... Almost 14 expected points for Chubb, who had 20 opportunities, 17 attempts, three targets, and yet he actually didn't even have as many expected points as Kareem Hunt, who was over 15 expected points on four rushes and nine targets. So those targets we can see are extremely valuable for Hunt, and it's been bizarre. Chubb has continued to perform since Hunt has come back, but Hunt has scored double figures in every game in which he's played this season, and he ranks sixth in running back, receiving expected points over that time period that he's played. And clearly the the guys that he's trailing are people like McCaffrey and Kamara, uh, Tarek Cohen, those guys who are getting the huge receiving volume. So in its own way, I think it's bittersweet for owners for these players, because if you were to put chubb and hunt into one guy then that guy would be like christian mccaffrey and would have that insane you know 30 point per game type of opportunity when you split them up the ceiling is lower but the floor remains very very high there's also an element of removing a little bit of the overworked injury opportunity or risk from these two players so uh, maybe making them safer long term as well certainly if you have them on your roster you're going to play them you're excited to have them it's just a little bit of that what might have been type of situation if Hunt had signed somewhere else and Chubb had this this backfield to himself we saw what the Browns were going to do with this they weren't going to give Chubb all of those targets anyway but for Hunt now to come in and look so dynamic as a receiver it certainly looks like we're going to have this type of split uh, going forward
2: yeah he is still on target to double his targets from 2018 as a rookie Um if you look through though you know, he's 14 games played he has 1,408 rushing yards you know it's, it's exceptional. he's averaging 100.6 rushing yards per game and you mentioned since Chubb uh, or sorry since they've kind of had that split backfield it's actually almost been more efficient as the season has gone on here for him as a as a runner you know since week 10 he said 116 yards 92 yards 106 yards 58 106 and 127 this past week the the issue is the the targets that just really aren't there you know he's maxed out it in that time frame um at four targets and um he's basically um average kind of two targets per game in that span so that's the one area but um, if we could just get it and there a, a little bit more but as an nfl backfield it's uh, exactly what you want to have but from <laughs> just from the fantasy side of things it's we're a little bit greedy and that situation now what has happened sean is the the season has gone on here uh, and you'll you'll notice this if you're reading sean's running back uh, splits uh, article later this week when you look through it the backfields across a lot of teams are kind of Really clear. We have one lead back, and they're the the alpha guys who are really dominating the the full workload and, and putting up those major fantasy points this season at the running back position. When we look then at you know some of the other backfields, like we have a two man split in Cleveland, but there's a lot of three player splits across the board, and it's basically you know less than double digit carries and you know one or two targets across the board for all these teams. Um, what's your thoughts looking through them? Have you just noticed that over the last kind of four to five weeks some of these backfields have just become a real kind of a murky mess as we 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 can't really decipher who you can trust on any any situation
1: certainly there are some backfields that have uh devolved to the point where they're not delivering a lot of value the broncos backfield this past week was a perfect contrast to that browns backfield where philip Lindsay, royce freeman both guys we like at this point uh, generating almost no value it was frustrating to see them go into Kansas City now the chiefs are on a little bit of an uptick uh just overall on defense their rush defense has gotten a little bit better but they've been a team to target in the running game most of the season the broncos were able to score virtually no running back points on the ground and you know if you if you're a Lindsey owner if you're a freeman owner you know those guys are going to cannibalize each other's touches to an extent what you don't want to see is that one carry in there for Devonte booker even though it's just the one touch it it really is is one of those punch to the gut kinds of situations where there are so few limited touches already in some of these games they combine for only 12 carries and then booker gets one in there that's certainly frustrating you look at the indianapolis colts marlon mack is back he's back to the top of the pecking order but has 11 rush attempts which only turn into 1.9 fantasy points right that's always the risk when you have those low value carries and zero touches which mac was one of our red flag players going into the season but even knowing that targets were going to be an issue for him i certainly didn't expect that we would be in week 15 and that he would miss a few games but that he would already have eight active games at this point where he had only a single target or less six of his games are goose egg games from a target perspective. You go down, you mentioned some of these three-way backfields. The Kansas City Chiefs have Darwin Thompson with eight carries, Spencer Ware with seven, LaShawn McCoy with six. Uh, they're not throwing the ball to the running backs because their running backs don't have that skill set right now and they're not taking advantage of the second half lead. So even though we have run out the clock situations the Chiefs don't have a guy who can benefit from that you go down to the Los Angeles Chargers and Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler are two of the very best running backs in the NFL and then the Chargers see fit to give Justin Jackson seven opportunities in this game and so Justin Jackson a good player a player we like a player who has fantastic comps may be a guy once Gordon seems to inevitably depart who could play a role here but when you're in the fantasy semifinals and you have those two guys uh, Justin Jackson getting seven opportunities definitely not what you signed up for New England Patriots Sonny Michelle Rex Burkhead James White Uh, Michelle gets the 19 attempts in this game but Burkhead steals the six attempts and gets in the end zone James White. Uh, a borderline running back one just purely on performance only gets seven opportunities in this game. So certainly some frustrating committee situations here where you just have to go with your guy, hope that it works out. We did see both Josh Jacobs and James Conner come back, take their committees, uh turn them back into just bell cow situations with huge workloads there. So fortunately, there are some bright spots. Uh, if you paid what it took to get connor if you paid what it took to get jacobs then you have a pretty good chance here in the fantasy finals that those guys are going to be touching the ball almost exclusively in the championship game so some some positive developments as well
2: yeah and you mentioned there josh jacobs obviously playing through the injury at 24 rushes for 89 yards and then he he did have uh, three targets and two receptions 20 yards so over 100 yards from scrimmage on the day for him but obviously not getting in the end zone is really going to hurt the value there but it'd be nice if we can see him continue uh, to get to get those targets come his way as well it'd be a big help to his value as, as you mentioned a moment ago in terms of expected points those targets make a big difference and you mentioned James Conner just the eight rush attempts for Connor in this one um, but he did have the five targets which obviously helps uh, boost that up so hopefully we'll see him get a, a full workload this coming week but uh, it's just a, a strange situation as we look through some of these backfields and some of these offenses in general you know be, being a Packers fan there's obviously talk about how that offense isn't really sparking into life but we've seen Aaron Jones have another uh, big game this past week again but when we look at teams like the Patriots you know maybe like the Packers these teams that are heading towards the playoffs but they're they're really not you know that explosive on offense and that obviously has a hindrance then on the the fantasy production off those teams but uh, going to be interesting to see because we'll be talking about some of these guys who are second and third on these depth charts at the moment as we head into 2020 and let's see how it all shakes out let's get into the fourth quarter So, Sean, looking through some of the best ball uh, win rates, obviously looking at wide receivers uh, and running backs here in this one. I know it's something that, that you like to to have an update on from, from time to time and look through it. Uh, looking at the most recent update, what were some of the, the key changes? Was it better to, to go wide receiver heavy still as we get closer to the end of the season? Has that continued to, to be the, the better strategy?
1: Yeah, so it is important to continually go through and check up on what you've written, what the analytics were, and then what the state of things are now. And so we did a lot of work this season with the best ball format. Mike Beer is getting his tools and his expertise on a lot of the things that we've done uh, with that area of our content. Mike had a, a huge week this week in the NFL 10 of death and has pulled up into fourth place. So he and I are sitting at third and fourth in that contest, which is kind of fun. The takeaway that we found in looking at the roster construction explorer now mike has this fantastic tool on the site if you're getting ready for 2020 you're starting to gear up you're going to do your research you're going to be one of those players who plays a lot in that early time frame so you develop a good portfolio of players all throughout the season then the best ball tools and the best ball workshop that i wrote in 2019 will really help in terms of putting your roster together the thing that we found heading into 2019 is that drafting a running back in the first round had been a very successful tactic across the last four years, which were different types of years in terms of how the seasons played out. Zero running back was still very successful in 2015, very successful in 2018, but across the board, taking that running back in round one gave you a great foundation. After that, you wanted to go in a different direction. Having an early tight end would help. And having four wide receivers within the first six rounds gave a much higher than average win rate. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at that early construction, the idea of only having one running back, one tight end, and four wide receivers early, that's a little bit counterintuitive for some people. But the results have been very, very successful. Now, we look at 2019 And there's this temptation to think that's probably been very different because we have had some fantastic running back performances out of that third, fourth, fifth round area that traditionally has been full of landmines, return very, very low win rates for running backs drafted in those ranges. 2019, we have Derrick Henry 11.9%, Mark Ingram 11.3% aaron jones 14.6 percent. so great win weight rates for some of these guys and at the same time some of the wide receivers have seemed to underwhelm you know we mentioned players you know like a tyler lockett who was doing well but had the injury issues certainly we're going to lose uh, these tampa bay wide receivers down the stretch here lose someone like a calvin ridley but I wanted to go through and look at it through 14 weeks. So this was analysis I did at the end of last week and see where we really were in terms of running backs versus wide receivers in that round two to round six range. And the answers were a little bit surprising, right? We look at average win rate and wide receivers drafted in that area were at 8.6%, running backs at 7.6%. Average points were 162 for wide receivers, 156 for running backs and the average ADP 42 for wide receiver 38 for running back. So running backs had been a little bit more expensive within that range as well. So it's not something where the wide receivers were benefiting from actually being selected earlier within that group. Now I did want to update some of the specifics before we started today. Mike just had the best ball win rates updated this morning, right before we were going on the air and looking at specific players within those groups we have seven of the 25 running backs drafted between rounds two and six have above a 10% win rate. 10 of the 27 wide receivers drafted there are above 10%. At running back, nine of the 25 have been average or better. By contrast, 15 of the 27 wide receivers have been average or better. And then below 5%, we have seven of 25 running backs and only five of 27 wide receivers. So what we can see is that looking at it from a number of different angles wide receivers have still outperformed running backs in this range despite the fact that wide receivers as a group have had some problems and running backs as a group have tended to stay healthier and outperform what they usually do so you can look at this in a variety of different ways certainly if you have those standout running backs they're helping your team none of the analysis would suggest that that's not the case certainly if you hit on running backs then that's going to help you The question is, if in a good season for running backs, and this has been a very, very good season, if they're still underperforming on average, does that make us even more confident going forward that this is the right construction, a one running back and then wide receiver heavy construction? Or going forward, do we want to take the risk of trying to hit on some of those individual running backs? So that's sort of a a personal choice. And as always, when I talk about these kinds of roster construction elements, I like to tell people to remember to emphasize what you're good at, right? So some people are better at building different certain types of constructions than others. Some people are great with their running back evaluation. Some people are great with their wide receiver evaluation. Some people are willing to take more risks in terms of having what some people might look as an unbalanced lineup. Now, one of the things I always try and remember to tell people is that just because a roster looks unbalanced in the early going doesn't mean that that's riskier. Certainly, if the rut if the win rates consistently for that type of construction are better than win rates for what people might consider a more balanced lineup, then you can't look at that and say unbalanced is risky. It's certainly not. It's risky actually to go for a more running back heavy lineup, but that risk can pay off if you hit. And so, I think all of this information is valuable in terms of just making sure people understand what has happened and then they can take that and use it to do what's best for them. Everybody doesn't have to approach it the same way, but I do think it's helpful for everyone to know the actual state of things, to know what is happening within these leagues because as human beings it's very very difficult not to simply latch on to the highest profile events within any given year and certainly I think the great seasons from people like Henry Ingram Aaron Jones those are the things that stick in the mind for 2019.
2: Yeah and obviously we have a situation here where uh, Christian McCaffrey's kind of lapping lap in the field almost double the one percentage of uh, any other player but when you look down through them there is a few interesting ones and uh, I do urge uh, the listeners to check it out and go and check it out on the site but you know the one that stood out for me that kind of surprised me was uh, Joe Mixon at 4.7 percent in terms of Uh, his percentages but it's an interesting list to look through and to see how uh, what players you know because you can see the ADP of where some of these guys were going and it's interesting as we talked earlier in the show about Terry McLaurin we talked a lot kind of five or six weeks ago about DJ Chark who missed this week through injury Uh, but when we look at the two of those guys you know going um, in the the 200s in terms of ADP and their percentages you know they're, they're probably Sean I don't know if you if you think that obviously I would say they're probably the two overall Uh, most outstanding values in terms of their winning percentage at the moment versus their adp would you agree with that
1: they've been great values one of the things that is interesting in terms of just how out of nowhere those players uh, came we have 4381 best ball 10 drafts right Chark only selected in 887 mclaurin only selected in 509 so even though those two guys are both in the top 10 in win rate in your particular league, you're probably not having to deal with them because they simply weren't drafted. That's, that cr- that's crazy. <laughs> both guys, fantastic athletes. You know, The breakouts that we've seen from them have been both very surprising based on their previous production profiles, but very exciting based on the type of athlete and certainly the type of performer that they have proven themselves to be. You, you wish that their previous coaching staff's previous quarterbacks could have taken advantage of them a little bit more because what we're seeing from this from them this year is just yeah when you look at uh,
2: obviously uh Darius slitten on the the Giants as well he's probably in that similar boat where he's probably not even uh, picking up on the register here based on uh, where his draft position would have been uh, in best league so uh, you know he's somebody who you're, you're not really worried about either but uh, when we mention that kind of rookie class I guess we have to, to throw him in there as well and give him a, a shout out from uh, his performances again over the last uh two or three weeks having a couple of big big days there as well so lots of exciting players to to look forward to uh, next season and maybe even we'll be uh, calling in on those guys this week trying to come try a fantasy championship so let's jump into overtime uh, and look into those situations so sean overtime to wrap things up obviously we're in the fantasy championships this week there's um, gonna be a lot of um, interest and developments it's um, a long season and uh, you know you'd be thankful to be in there it's all about Kind of getting there, but then when you're there, you want to, to get the win. But is there any players that maybe uh, across your lineups that there's a, a similar player? And this is probably the same for most of our listeners out there, where there probably is a player where they, they have ended up with them in multiple dynasty leagues or, or in multiple season long leagues or even best ball leagues based on, on draft position uh, that you're relying on this week to to try and make it a very, very successful week. If there was one or two guys out there you could uh, pray to the fantasy gods to, to make things happen this week, uh, who would they be?
1: well Christian McCaffrey is the guy he's on almost all of my dynasty teams and as a result those dynasty teams have done quite well uh, we mentioned Lamar Jackson earlier in the show the the game last night was both I needed this window from Michael Thomas to make sure I got through in the RDL but did not get knocked out of hyperactive yeah I'd <laughs> love to have Michael Thomas and, and Lamar Jackson come through again those guys are the stars it's it's going to be a fun week I think I was three for three and three in the three big uh, the six big leagues I was in last week. Three of those were semifinal uh losses. Uh in a couple of the others, they were actually finals, the hyperactive finals now into the Super Bowl, already had won the kitchen sink uh conference title and i'm in the the four-way super bowl there at the second week of that and then the rdl championship this week so those are the the three big leagues that i'm rooting for and and hoping that McCaffrey has one more big game in him certainly after a couple of down weeks only by his standards it was exciting to see him have 21 points by halftime and then uh, just you know continue to blow up in the game this past week Column, what guy are you most excited about or reliant on this weekend for all the marvels?
2: well there's it's gonna be interesting actually you mentioned christian mccaffrey and obviously the the quarterback situation there uh, is going to, to shuffle possibly over the next couple of days so that'll make it interesting where you're probably going to see uh, more check downs coming the way if there, if there can be more check downs for christian mccaffrey and get him more involved in the rushing game it'll be interesting to see then how, how things shake out i mentioned earlier in the show uh, dj moore helped me get to this point and he's somebody who's on a lot of those teams for me so a little bit concerning uh, with the quarterback change happening this week uh, and to see how it goes so uh, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I would like to see him have a sufficient game to to just not really uh, knock me out in those games with the player who I have across nearly all rosters. There's a couple of guys, DJ Morby won, Tyler Lockett's in a lot of those, so he had a nice game this past week. Hopefully that continues, but Will Fuller, I think, is the one this week who could be the game breaker where... Uh, I mentioned they're playing the Buccaneers and he played last week and hopefully we don't see him on the injury report too much this week with any lingering issues. But uh, he's the sort of guy who I think could really, uh, you know, break a a game open and put up those big, big numbers we've seen a couple of times this season. So Will Fuller is the guy I am. I'm hoping that uh, can can smash these things wide open. He's he's on a good few of those lineups, so hoping hoping for some world fuller uh, end zone action this coming this coming weekend. I suppose we'll mention as well to the listeners. Of course, I'm sure they're they're well aware as well. But three games happening uh, this Saturday uh, in the NFL, so don't be getting up on uh, Sunday morning to to start setting your lineups. Then I know I know that'll not be the case for the Rotoviz listeners, but. Don't, don't be surprised if there's a couple of guys out there who haven't <laughs> haven't looked at the, the slit and uh, end up trying to set those lineups on a, a Sunday morning. Uh, it's always uh, pretty cool this time of year to get that kind of Saturday-Sunday uh, double double action. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Thursday night football, so it'll be a nice slit to look over this week. Sean, I'm sure you'll in, enjoy having the, the Saturday-Sunday action the way it is as well. And, of course, Packers versus Vikings on uh, Monday night football, so that's the one I'm looking forward to most this week, but it sh- should be a very fun weekend of, of action
1: yeah it should be great down the stretch and as always this time of the year we want to uh, wish the best of luck to our listeners we know a lot of you are in championship games this week we'll be rooting for you as we root for our teams and and good luck there Cullen mentioned that you know there is that potential for a change uh, in carolina Obviously, RotoViz loaded up to the gills with DJ Moore. It's easy to look at that and think, <laughs> you know, how could you be worse than Kyle Allen has been? But it, if Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick have taught us anything, it's that losing reality games. Is not the same thing as necessarily hamstringing your wide receivers. Certainly, could get worse for DJ Moore, even if it gets better for the Carolina Panthers as a group. We'll have to hope that that situation works out for one more week. Maybe we get the gunslinger in there. Doesn't really care uh, that he had a, a poor preseason, and we'll just chuck the ball over the place. And maybe DJ Moore can have that 35-point game to, to take us all to our titles
2: yeah so we'll see what happens uh, i wish all the listeners the best luck this this coming weekend uh, as we get ready to wrap things up but as always we'll be back next week obviously it's coming up through the holiday season uh, the schedule will likely remain the exact same uh, stay tuned to the road of Israel main feed and the individual feeds uh, some of those shows may come out earlier next week rather than on their normal day so we have you ready for the holiday traveling season uh, if you're off work enjoy that and uh, of course me and sean will be back with another show towards uh, the start of next week as as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over and as always make sure you're checking out all of sean's great work up on rotoviz.com best of luck for the fantasy finals and until we're back next week have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on your favorite podcast app contact us by email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the podcast by subscribing to rotoviz at 10 percent discount through the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast